You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I am Thana, a grateful recovering compulsive eater, and I want to show some pictures of me three years ago, uh, before I came into OA, um, that was on the 8th of July, 2020. That's the day I came into Holloway. Um, and this was in September the year before. Um, kind of hard to see him in there. I'm working on figuring out how to share them from my desktop, but I didn't get that completed today. So what I'd like to start with is I'd like to read the for today from today as kind of a focus point of my share today. No single event can awaken within us a stranger totally unknown to us. To live is to be slowly born, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Whether an experience brings me pleasure or pain, there is always one great benefit, the slow unfolding of new understanding. Gradually, as I do my best to practice the principles of this program, a new person emerges. I am beginning to accept myself, yielding to reality, to the slow and nurturing way of nature. When I feel impatient, I turn and look at what that measured pace of growth has wrought. I see resentments disappear, hurts heal, and in their place, the ability to love and forgive myself and others as my higher power loves and forgives me. For today, a flower takes a season to grow, a tree long years to mature. Each growing thing, myself included, has a timetable for growth. I really like that. Um, And uh, my story was one of chronic relapsing. I came in in June of 82, uh, 30 years old, having quit smoking in February that year and promptly put on 70 pounds. I'd never had a problem with weight or food before. And I joined Al-Anon's ACA program in November of 81 after a second failed, very painful relationship breakup and found out I was an adult children, uh, child of an alcoholic and that changed my life. And so I was going to ACA meetings and met a friend there who was in OA and that's how I knew about OA. So when I just put on so much weight after smoking, quitting smoking, I started going to OA. And in the early years, I really used it, I would say, like a diet. I would go, I would get abstinent, I would lose the weight, I would leave. And sometimes for years, it didn't come back on. But as we say, it's a progressive, fatal, incurable disease. And I would put the weight back on and more. Every time, my weight was a higher weight when I came back. And I was working my program in... uh, Al-Anon, ACA, and also in OA. And then in 85, I joined Debtors Anonymous. I'm a compulsive debtor and spender too. And as that reading says, um, my growth was unfolding. It was slow but sure. I was getting a great deal 
from all of my programs, and I'm sure I wouldn't have the life I have today without that. But as you can see in these pictures, my physical transformation in the three years since I've been in uh, OA How has been phenomenal. And that's nothing compared to the spiritual and emotional growth and changes I've had. Why I was ready at this point in time to do this level of growth, I have no idea. Uh, meditation some months ago uh, said, uh, don't know, don't need to know, don't know, don't need to know. And I would keep repeating that because most things in life, I don't know and I don't need to know. And I don't know why it took me this long uh, and I don't need to know. I'm grateful for it. I do know that during all the years I was returning to program, I was learning and growing along a timetable that was clearly correct for me. So um, I would get abstinent. Uh, I had been abstinent for about 14 months and gone gone from, I think, uh, 268 to 228 in uh, February of 2000 when I had changed jobs and uh, had a daughter. She was four and a half. And um, when I went to work at the county as a child welfare worker, there was food every place. Candy jars, candy balls, candy dishes on people's desk, food, not not a holiday, not a Friday, nothing. People would just bring in this food. There were just tables in the hallways just for food. Bring in a holiday or something like that. Oh my God. It was like, boy, it was and I just looked at that and I just knew it wasn't my food and it didn't attract me. But every one of my relapses, I, I was a chronic relapser uh, 38 years before I came to Hal three years ago. All of my relapses I can see now started because I would drop the tools of the program. I would quit doing the things that got me there. And uh, I was still going to one meeting a week, but that's all I was doing at that time. And I um, didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't working the steps anymore. And my dad died. And I had a, a supervisor from hell. And within months, I was back in. I picked up sugar. And then, you know, I was just off to the races. And I, I left away. And it took me five years. It was February of 2005, I came back and I was up to 315 pounds, which was the highest I'd ever been. I'd never gone over 300. And um, I vowed that I would just keep coming back no matter what. And I've done that. And that's, as they say, made all the difference. And um, I didn't know I was a carb addict until I joined Halloway. And I had, I was so miserable. I was so heavy. I had a, a top of the line Camry and the seat in that nice Camry was not big enough for me. I was so big. I couldn't roll over at night in my bed. I had to reach over and grab the mattress and pull myself over. I was just miserable and I didn't even care if I lived anymore. I had a lovely little granddaughter and uh, I didn't care if I lived. And I went to how um, I, I heard a, I read a review of a book by a woman with an eating disorder. And she talked about a weight and measured food plan. And I knew immediately that that's what I needed. And I had never been open to that. For some years before that, for the first time ever, I had been open to reporting to a sponsor what I had eaten that day. But I was never willing to plan it and report it ahead of time. And it took me 16 years in OA before I was willing to give up sugar. I didn't know how I could not bake at the holidays. And now, you know, I look back on it. The things I was baking, it was sugar, they were fat, they were flour, there was no nutrition in them. It's so radically different from how I live today. So um, I'd still been going to my 7 a.m. meeting every day and a woman had been talking there for a few months about joining Halloway. So when I saw that article about a weight and measured food plan, I thought that's what I need. So I uh, 
knew about some programs and I talked to her about how and uh, she thought it was the best way to measure Theophilus, and and I I found that to be the case from my <clears throat> research too. So um, uh, on Wednesday, uh, July eighth, I came to the five thirty how meeting in San Mateo. This woman had been given a, a list of how meetings. Uh, she also lives in Oakland, which is where I'm from, and she just sent me the, that link. And uh, I was blown away by the meeting. Then people were just so happy happy, joyous, and free. And then when people qualified, the number of people that had lost so much weight, uh, nearly or over 100 pounds, and then kept it off for years or decades, I was just blown away. I was like, oh, I want that. And I called someone after the meeting and got a sponsor and started it. And I was just ready. I was willing. Uh, and I did everything I was told to do. And the weight just started melting off. And I started working the steps on the how questions. and. I, more was revealed to me. I, I knew I had PTSD from my childhood, but I hadn't really understood what that meant in terms of how impaired my living was. I have a lovely daughter who's 27 now, and uh, she and I had had a terrible breach because I didn't know any better way to set boundaries. And, and uh, that got me into CODA, which I really needed. And, and that program got me back into my DA program, which I really needed. And then I got, I found how. And, the steps just kept revealing pieces about me and who I was and the trauma I'd been through in ways that I'd never connected before. And the clarity of my absence, because um, I'd never been so free of carbs, you know, and the support, talking to my sponsor every day, doing a question every day making three outreach calls a day, writing, a lot of writing, going to a lot of meetings. I still kept going to my 7 a.m. meeting, which I still do. I go twice a week now to it in person, which is great fun. And uh, four Halloween meetings a week. Um, and I was retired, which was helpful. And reading a lot of literature. I love the literature. I love the AA Big Book. And it just uh, it just began to change me. And I I got into... Uh, trauma recovery and went to groups and, and did uh, EMDR treatment. My daughter came back into my life. It'll be two years in September since we've been reconnected and things just keep getting better with her. I just keep learning. Um, I keep learning that I can't know what's best for someone else. Uh, I can not figure out what's best for me without my higher power. Um, And um, the things I do, because I knew immediately that I had to do my action steps every day because I just get a daily reprieve from the compulsion to eat and the obsession with food. And ten minutes. Thank you. Um, I knew that I couldn't make myself abstinent. I had gotten off sugar again the 1st of May in 2020 didn't make a hill of beans worth of difference to my eating which would, had never happened before i couldn't i couldn't quit eating i just couldn't stop and i knew i couldn't make myself abstinent but i also just knew intuitively but my higher power would not give me abstinence and keep me abstinent if i wasn't doing my footwork every day my action steps and so i've continued to do that and uh i still go to my 7 a.m meeting every day 
I go to three or four Howaway meetings. I have three sponsees that call every day. I call talk to my sponsor every day except Saturdays. Um, I read literature every day. Currently, the way I'm working the steps is I read the Voices of Recovery book. Uh, I read that reading and answer that question. Um, I meditate at least once a day, often twice a day. I pray a lot. I talk to my higher power. Um, I do a lot of self-compassion. I love uh, the self-compassion uh, work, and I'm better and better at um, just nurturing myself. And I heard in a meeting recently, somebody said they put their hand over their heart and said their name. And so my name is Sustana, sweetheart. What do you need right now? And I do that a lot now. I put a little sticky note up on my uh, mirror in my bathroom where I see it every day. Um, during Advent, uh, one of the things I was really struck by was a saying, um, with God, all things are possible. And so I wrote it on a sticky note and put it up on my refrigerator and on my bathroom mirror. And my little granddaughter, who's just now four and a half, asked me one day, she said, what does that say? So I said, that says, with God, all things are possible. You know, I love passing on little uh, program recovery things to her that way. So when I heard that, Dana, sweetheart, what do you need right now? I put that on sticky notes too and put it on my fridge and my mirror because I knew she was going to ask about it. And that's a good one. I'd like her to know that too. And I do that a lot. It's like, Dana, sweetheart, what do you need right now? If I feel myself rushing or anxious, I, I have terrible anxiety, but it's so much better because I've just learned so many grounding tools and then all the program stuff, everything we do is just like a treatment program for trauma, anxiety, everything. Um, and I, um, I will often hold my face in my hand. I think my grandmother used to do this. I think she would hold my face in her hands like that very nicely. For that skin to skin contact, it releases really good, um, endorphins and I tell myself you know when I go through what um I'm feeling like one day some weeks ago I'm, I'm sorry I'm getting all these dings I don't I don't have notification on my phone but now that I have this computer it does this dinging when someone texts me I don't know how to shut that up I don't even know if you can hear it but it's annoying to have a lot of me good I'm glad you can't hear it good um so um, I lost that train of thought, but we'll either come back or another one will come. So um, I uh, tell myself, um, you know, Thana, sweetheart, what do you need right now? And uh, I did that, uh, I guess it'd be, I think two, maybe three weeks ago tomorrow, I had come down to the in-person San Mateo meeting and was speaker. And it was just such great fun. A dear friend of mine drove me down and we had a marvelous time and we went out to lunch and coffee with the group afterwards. And it was just great. And then came home afterwards and came in. And then, oh, I just felt so lonely when I came in, you know, oh, I felt so lonely. So I did that. I said, Dana, sweetheart, what do you need right now? And I stopped and I sat down to spend some time with myself and I knew I was lonely. And I was like, oh God, I'm just so lonely. And it scares me. It used to scare me to be lonely. It doesn't so much anymore. And I, I was like, well, of course you are. You know, this has been such a lovely day, being with your friend and driving, and it was a beautiful day, and being with the group down there, all these people that really have given me my life back, and, 
and a meeting in person. It's just so great still to go to in-person meetings and then out to lunch and, you know, and driving home with my friend. It was just great. It's like, well, of course you're lonely. I was like, anybody would be. I was like, you know, some of those people today, they're probably feeling lonely too, you know, just normalizing these, you know, like you would be to a good friend, self-compassion is, of course you're lonely. And, and then I put my hand in. That's five minutes. Thank you. Around my face, you know, and was just giving myself comfort and realizing, oh, wow, well, yeah, it's painful to be lonely. And just a big change, this big fun day, and I'm home in my house all by myself. And, and I just felt better. I just felt better after that. And I didn't feel lonely like that again the whole day. It was a miracle. I've never done that kind of thing like that and just had it transformed. It was because I just spent time with myself, self-compassion. And then some hours later, I was writing resentments about my daughter. I was mad at my daughter about something. I just wrote and wrote and wrote resentments about my daughter because I've learned to write. Pick up that pen and write. Write your feelings. Write your feelings. And as I wrote out all those resentments, I was writing about I, it turned into gratitude to her because she knows how important I am to my granddaughter. And that's really important to her, that her daughter get time with me, her lolly, who she adores. And she knows how important it is to me too. So even if we're not seeing eye to eye on things right then or having some tensions, which we do now, we have some tensions in our relationship and, and we go through it. We deal with it. We communicate. We're adulting. It's just magnificent. I don't run. She doesn't get nasty always. And so I started writing resentments and it turned into about, God, I'm so grateful that I get to have my granddaughter in my life because, you know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people have these estrangements in families and they're cut off and that's really important to her. And I am just so much better at seeing all her positives and not being so scared of her negatives and seeing my growth and being more patient with myself, more forgiving. Uh, I'll think of something I did, you know, that wasn't so great before, you know, and I'll just like, that's all right. You know, you've been forgiven for that. You know, I stay in the present. I work real hard to just try to figure out what's the next right thing. Stay in the present. What's the next right thing? This afternoon, I was trying to get my TV to work. I had to order a new cable box because something was upgraded and I couldn't watch Apple TV very well without it freezing and stuff. So I got it, and so I was trying to hook it up, and it wasn't working. And I got a program call. And uh, he was apologizing. He hadn't called me back. I'm like, oh, you know what? The timing is great. And it was lovely. We had a lovely conversation, and it just helped. And I was telling him uh, that I do this thing. I hate doing the dishes. And so I, I was doing the dishes earlier, and I was like, I'm going to wash this sin away. I'm going to wash this sin away. And I have sin isn't a real thing in my life. It's, I didn't grow up Catholic. It's not a word I would usually use. But I was like, I'm going to wash this sin away. It's like, I'm going to wash these short games. I just got into it and made doing dishes a lot more enjoyable. And so I was telling him that, you know, about how we change our attitude a little bit. It's amazing how much we can change. And so I was thinking that about this darn Xfinity cable box, and it never did get work and not working. And now they got to come out and fix it on Tuesday. But, you know, I'll live without my program. I'll figure out someone else's house to go to for the Warriors game tomorrow. So, um, you know, Life gets better and better because I keep growing, you know, like flowers, like trees. I'm I'm unfolding and uh, I'm grateful for this life. And I'm so much more in touch with my vulnerability. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't about to be in touch with vulnerability before. 
And that's why I had to be so hard and so tough and so mean, you know. And I don't have to be anymore because I just say, God's got this. My daughter has a custody hearing on Monday and she asked me to go. And I said, you bet, I'll be there. And then I said, I'm happy to live there and back because she was going to drive me. I don't drive anymore because to give you some more space because it's even tense being in the car, you know, because she's so tense and we trigger each other. And she's like, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, that's just a God nudge. And I just know God's got this hearing. I don't think there's anything big going on. It's just kind of natural. I think the first one since pandemic. I just say, God's got this. But I also know it makes me anxious, so I have to sit and write. So I think that's enough for me for tonight. Thank you very much. That's it.